Welcome to the Talk and Shed podcast with your host, Adam Finnick, where we talk all things farm equipment. Tune in as we interview farmers, industry leaders, and talk about our own dealership story. Follow along as we talk about topics like cover crops, nutrient placement, and things that make your farm and every farm across the country different. You're listening to the Talk and Shed podcast, and thank you for tuning in. All right, guys, today we're recording another podcast. It's on site at the farm. Usually we do a lot of these either uh, out on the road or in our back office, but today we've got Jeff Dueling with us. Jeff, how are you? Good. Good. Today we're up in Ottawa. Uh, would that be your address, Ottawa? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We're uh, just out on the edge of it, and uh, today it's uh, August 15th. We're halfway through August. Of course, we have Cody with us as well, but... Uh, we wanted to come up here and talk with Jeff. Uh, he got some equipment from us uh, over the summer to do some pretty cool things that he's going to talk about. But overall, let's start here. Uh, you had some, uh, well, everyone in the area had an interesting spring. It Correct. turned into an interesting summer. But we were just talking beforehand how things have really changed. What's everything like today in Ottawa? We... Well, like I say, this spring we were wet. We did a lot of replanting corn and soybeans. Uh, the guys that jumped on it in late April maybe are a little bit better off. I don't know. They hit the heat, though, with pollination on corn. Right. So, But I think it's not too bad. Uh, I didn't start till what, May 10th with my first corn. Uh, soybeans a little bit after that. Then the majority of it didn't get put in till June, June 5th, 6th, and 7th in there. We did three, 400 acres of corn, uh, quite a bit of beans, and then Mother Nature hit us again. Three, four inches of rain and this heavy clay, it didn't take it well. So we had to come back and spot in. It's June, I think about June 20th. You're sitting here looking, thinking, oh boy, what are we going to do? getting late getting late usually we tear the fields up or spray them kill them all off start all over but here we are june 20th i'm thinking there's no way i'm gonna take i got an 80 percent stand i'm just gonna spot these holes in because might get another rain and lose them again so we spotted usually i don't do that but right now things look pretty good they're poll- it's just the last corn here the june 21st corn is pollinating right now it's coming in tassel i'm gonna Eventually, Wednesday, I'm going out and putting fungicide on and some foliar feed just to yep. hopefully help it out. I mean, it's got 16 rows around, 18 rows around. It's there, long years, so we have potential. It's just going to take a late, late fall. So. Yep. Yeah, it, the last week or so, it's been pretty cool. Yep. Uh, we've got some moisture. We couldn't ask for a better start to August yep. so far. And, and if things hold through, there will be some corn out there for us. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, that's great. I hope this stuff continues. Our, our county fair is going on right now, so we're guaranteed to get at least another inch yet this week. <laughs> um, let's go back and, and talk about Dueling Family Farms, when okay. it started, uh, how it's changed, and where it's at today. Okay. Uh, Dad, I think they, got, they bought this home place here in 64. Uh, they got married that year, Mom and Dad did. Uh, mom and dad are 80 years old right now, so dad's still here. Mom's still here. They, I'm surprised they ain't out here yet visiting <laughs> us, but yep. uh, keep track of me. Uh, mom and dad had four boys. We were all together in the farming as it came up through the years. Had hogs. We've had hogs forever. Brought on some cattle here. Uh, 
got out of that for a while back in her now we got still got me and uh my wife are contract with the hogs uh local feed mill up here glenner feed yep uh, so we use a lot of manure as fertilizer uh buy some commercial yet but uh then uh when was it about in the 90s dad decided it's time for him to back away so i kind of took over i was still working at a fertilizer plant had 19 years in there uh, went work there tried to work at and the farm my brothers were still involved and then about exactly about 10 years ago i retired from the fertilizer plant and went full-time farming and then 2015 hit and that was the worst year we could ever had all three we farm in three counties uh had a disaster everywhere just too wet so i went to my brother and said we got to ante up some money here uh that it wasn't going over so good yeah so we hung right in there for a few more years and then finally about three years ago i bought my brothers all out so yep. now it's me and my wife and now I have a son coming up. He's 26, 27 years old. He still works off the farm, but he bought his own farm, him and his wife did. Uh, so we're going at it. Hopefully we've picked up some more ground. He's renting with me. So I own the equipment, the operation here, and he's potentially going to, hopefully he can keep buying some ground and sure. keep, keep climbing. So yep. uh, my intention, hopefully, I don't know where he's heading, but maybe he'll retire from his job and maybe he can be full-time farming too uh, i have two daughters one's a first grade teacher here at ottawa and the oldest daughter she's a surgical nurse uh, at lima so she's married uh, this january i'm gonna have two little babies coming yep grandkids so That's i'm awesome. pretty excited so so yeah it's time for me to start slowing down i guess <laughs> so yeah well that's exciting sounds like you have enough going on yeah um so you farm in three counties uh for the local people in ohio uh what counties would that be putnam counties are made major the county that we reside in we go to van wert and hancock okay and then um, actually my uncle has some ground in wood county that i help him with so okay sure um hopefully when someday when he <coughs> retires maybe he will farm that too but sure i do his spraying and everything for him so and mainly corn and soybeans corn soybeans and wheat do some wheat too yes yep. sure and then everything's tries to get cover crops on it 100 percent cover crops in the fall and and that's how i guess we'll get into that point when i got involved with you guys so right next step so right um and we might as well jump in there you know in ohio uh you know they've got several programs for cover crops and nutrient placement and stuff like that um what we do, of course, here at Fenny Equipment is that stuff. So Jeff called, I don't know, it was maybe a year ago, we maybe started the conversation, Probably. Yep. Uh, brainstormed on what may or may not happen, and we talked, and then he reached out again. Uh, he wanted an interseeder bar that could do a lot of different things, and uh, he wanted to be able to put down nitrogen, wanted to be able to put down cover crops. Uh, he wanted an offset hitch to where he could go down uh in standing crop but then also uh place a variety of things in or on top of the row um, when there's not a standing crop there maybe in the fall or the spring um when there's not a crop in there again so it it took a lot of thinking and a lot <laughs> yes it did a lot of planning <laughs> out but 
he he knew in his mind what he wanted and uh we we put the shop guys to the test and told them that they had to do it this way and, and make a few things different but today uh we've got an s2s toolbar with a valmar cover crop seeder on it and walk us through your idea on that whole bar what you want it to do what you've done with it already and and everything okay well number one was i wanted to be able to go down the road i wanted because farming in this many counties you're you're going down the road a lot we're yeah. 50, i think from hoytville down to van Wert's 50 miles so okay uh a lot of mailboxes yes my pet peeve is mailboxes i don't like mailboxes but so anyways i want to be narrow that was a number one because my planners are john deere planners are narrow i can go down the road stay between the lines yep. so that was number one number one was i wanted to be 16 rows because i plant corn 16 rows so i wanted to be able to follow, use my guidance make it easier uh yep and i was experimenting with inter interceding here this has been what this will be my third year i started out with a gator with a little hand or a little spreader on the back did 32 acres I was very impressed that corn that year did 263 bushel an acre yeah with interest you know people say that ah, ain't gonna work well that was my best corn so there's something so that kind of pushed me along and last year i used a spreader from the fertilizer plant 30 30 inch row spreader i did about 500 acres i jumped in went from 32 acres to 500 acres right now i'm i'm all in wow i was impressed and it worked last year i used 100 pounds of ammonium sulfate as a carrier okay with my 12 pounds of annual rye some a couple pounds of rape a couple pounds of radishes had an excellent i was really impressed the only problem was i could only go about 30 feet 28 feet somewhere okay. in there it was i wasn't getting the annual rye out there far enough yeah and then i when it come this spring i could really see where the spreader went it was that five six foot behind the spreader was really green out there further wasn't so good we didn't have an even so i wanted to be able to get this annual rye as the width of the planter so 40 feet so that's where this idea came in getting your toolbar that's when i talked to you guys and then i'd still do strip till yet too i'm trying to get 100 percent planting green with corn i'm just not there yet certain ground just it takes time you know you got to get it in shape right uh we're doing drainage work. We use a lot of hog manure, cattle manure, so we have to do some tillage. So, but anyways, I do use an eight row Reminger strip till bar. That's all I can pull. Cause I, the biggest tractor I got is 310 horse. I'm not going, I was pulling a 12 row strip till bar with a bigger four wheeler. I got rid of that stuff. Just now I use this eight row. We got RTK, so it works great. So uh, I wanted to be able to interseed in the spring in the v4 corn i y drop all my corn with my john deere sprayer so i'm thinking i do that about two weeks week after i'm interseeding i'm thinking well heck why don't i just save another pass let's pull a tank behind this toolbar and put in y drop i like the y drop system putting that corn right next to the row so you guys incorporated that in that was awesome worked great uh then i'm thinking well okay i got ground here i'm not really strip tilling it i don't want to really strip till anymore but i'm not quite there planting green i want to put cover crop out after soybeans are off so then i'm thinking well we got your s2 bar here then the row cleaners we can incorporate a little you know still run 16 rows so that's why i went with the offset hitch i'm thinking well we gotta have that option we put a hitch out the back in case we want to put dry fertilizer on it's all there 
just yeah. in case. So I thought, okay, that'll work. We'll try that out. So that's why I got it in front of the shop right now. We're going to get it calibrated here, do some wheat stubble, try that. But then in the spring, uh, with my regular uh, strip till, it's rough. You know, it's still clotty. You can't plant four or five mile an hour with that. So you always have to tickle it with an accelerator or some kind of tool. I'm thinking the accelerator's 30 feet. It's heavy. I don't like going out there in the spring doing a spring tillage. Then I thought, well, heck, we can still use this rig. It's lighter, three point. It's on RTK. We'll just use them, you know, set the row cleaners, maybe your little disc. It'll tickle that, that strip till make that a fresh seed bed. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's the idea behind that. So I wanted, I'm gonna spend some money here. I'm tight, <laughs> I'm a farmer. <laughs> I wanna get any, every option out of this I can. And yeah. I think we got a, about a five way toolbar yeah. here. Yeah, so. it, it's really built and designed to do yeah. so many things. Exactly. I've built some toolbars similar to this one, uh, but it, it was a, a one, one way road, you yeah. know, it, it was an interseater bar. Yep. Um, I think the addition of our triple threat system to do the Y dropping with that that's an awesome deal there yep, yep. and and you say that worked pretty well oh, for yeah, you it did yep you know while you were out this spring we actually converted the, the corn planter because a lot of this I should we should back up to a lot of this is on them programs I am in the H2 Ohio program I'm a big supporter of it I was on the committee that set up some of the I mean we didn't get everything we wanted but I think we're on the right track and I do believe we have to get these cover crops started sooner. So that was the whole idea behind this interseeding because like last year, I didn't get my corn head on until November 4th. Mm -hmm. Well, we're past the time frame for getting paid on the inner, you know, I don't care. I'm going to put cover crop out no matter what. It's right. just going to be later, but I feel getting it out earlier is better. So, so that was the goal with this H2 Ohio program, getting these another option, getting stuff done sooner. So. Yeah. That was a big idea there. And for for the folks that aren't in Ohio or, or local, what, what all does the H2 Ohio program cover? I knew you were going to ask me that. Uh, <laughs> I should have had this. Well, uh, or, well, or the it, gist of it. Well, you got to have it. The, the, the key to unlock the whole system is you got to have a nutrient management plan. You got a grid, you got a soil sample, and I'm a big supporter of grid sampling because you can drive any farm around here. We've all got had hogs, chickens, cattle over 50, 60 years. Every house lot around here, there's a hot spot out there, not no 50, 100 feet off from the barn, you know, because every Saturday morning that was a job. You had to go out and clean pens. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't fit or not, you still had to get rid of that manure. So, and I know that. And a normal soil sample don't pick all that up. So a grid sampling is the answer. You know, you got to do it in a two and a half, five acre grid and you got to find them spots and then you don't put no fertilizer on them spots, you know. So that was, that's number one. You got to have a nutrient management plan and you got to know what you're going to do for the next couple of years. Some guys frown on that. It's, I know what mother nature changes things, stuff that's, but it's easy. It's not that, it's not rote in stone. We can change. Right. Uh, then you can do variable rate. You get paid for variable rate. You got to incorporate it. You know, you can't spread this. We get paid for cover crops. You know, it covers the cost of cover crop. It doesn't, doesn't pay for a toolbar, but it right. sure helps, you know. Right. Like I said, I was going to do it no matter what. I believe in it wholeheartedly. So, uh, manure, we, there is a, you know, I was a big proponent of the manure. There is a lot of manure around here. I mean, to get it further away, we're paying you to truck it. You know, like the mine, I'm, I got 
three, four semis running manure down the road to get it away from my haul coops, putting it where it needs to be. So that, that payment really helps on that. So it's not gonna make it rich, no. It's just to cover some costs and it's helping you and me like this implement some new practices out there so yeah yeah it's a very good program some some ideas that you've maybe always had yes but maybe both financially yes and just within yourself it gives a little bit more motivation right. to get that stuff done yes yep. okay so yeah it, it's been a solid program in ohio yep. i know a lot of farmers are jumping on it yep and uh for those of you outside of ohio i know there's a lot of information uh online too for right. it Right. Yeah, it's a voluntary program. I get to hear that it's a lot of paperwork. Yes, it is, you know, but mm -hmm. I sit and do a lot of paperwork all the time. But I just come back from Chesapeake Bay, you know, and them guys, it's not voluntary no more. They got to follow the rules. Yeah. And there's no fertilizer spread in the fall. You know, March 15th is the earliest they think about it. So, like I tell Ohio farmers here, get ready. You know, at least some there's guys out there fighting to make it easier, try to make it easier for you, but... It just right. depends on what happens in the future here. We could be on that road, so. Right. Yeah. What's it like out there at Chesapeake Bay? I mean, they the farmers, are are they really uh, maybe upset about that? No, or are they, they no, able they to... know there's a problem. You know, I actually didn't even make it to Chesapeake Bay. We we hung around, we visited one particular farmer. It was 13,000 acres. Uh, he's got everything. He's got four corn planters all on, uh, was it 60 feet, bean planters. But come March yeah he said everything's green I was impressed everything 13,000 acres all got cover crops wow and he plants it all green so he made the leap he's you know but the thing I was in more interested in he had row the crimpers right on the planter and he's putting corn starter on I'm like me with my John Deere I got that row starter up front he eliminated that and went with the conceal yeah he isn't too happy with it yeah he's trying to figure that out but they got stone and it's wearing too much but yeah he crimps that ride down and he had beautiful crops but yeah 13,000 acres right there he's only 300 yards from the Chesapeake Bay so they he was wow. in there but yeah they're all taking it well they know it has to be done there's a problem just like we have it here at the lake and you know us farmers are gonna step up you yeah. know we're not all the problem but we will if you tell us what we got to do we'll try to do it so, right and that's the way they are over there so yep and they're getting but they're getting a little more money for cover crops you know i think i think that idea i like the idea what they were getting like 70 dollars an acre for cover crops so it's well worth it it covers our costs and so right maybe i uh get up the ladder here hopefully somebody hears this and says okay jeff <laughs> dooling says we need more money so sure <laughs> so, right so. huh yeah that, that's interesting yeah. um and so what all did you use this bar for so far? You know, today's August, you yep. got it. What? Uh, Probably. I don't remember. I actually didn't get a couple cornfield. Oh, I didn't get my very first corn. The one I planted, I didn't get that. It was too tall. So I wide dropped that. So I have no cover crop on that. But I'm, and then I the next, that was 30 acres. I didn't get done. Then I had an 80, two eight, or 240 acre fields. I got half them done with cover crop. I didn't get them wide drop. I didn't use the wide drop system on yours. I, I had them wide drop before. I did, I'm intending to come back in. Got a local guy that's found a Hagee or a Miller to come in. We're gonna put rye on with that, on that field. So then the 80, I got a, well, a 45 acre field and a 35 acre field. I went in and did half with the toolbar, half of it with cover crops. Did the outside rounds and then stopped. I thought, we're gonna, try the, the Hagee or 
if I don't get the Hagee in here with the cover crop, I'll come in after corn, put sow rye. So we'll have a test plot there, you know. Sure. Uh, my annual rye versus my cereal rye. We'll see how the beans are do there. But then from then on, I did all the rest of the corn. It's all been interseeded. Um, my ratio was about, I try to keep it at a $20 investment because most guys say, well, tillage costs them 20 to $25. So I try to keep my cover crops at 20 in that area. Try to be, I am in the H2L program, so I make it so it fits there overwintering cover crop so I get paid on that this year they gave us $10 bonus for interseeding so I get get an extra $10 this year so I'll get $35 an acre but anyways I did uh, all the rest of the acres are that way with 28 on now when I wide drop versus when I used to use a colder used to I put on 50 gallon you know of 28 I use uh, this year. I did five gallon of 1034O with 15 gallon of 28 in the row, two by two on my planter. Uh, no variable rate, just a broadcast. You know, everything's like right like that. I'll variable where I need manure or high need more phosphate. That's where my manure goes. We try to read look at our grid samples that way. But anyways, then I come back in. And I put on about 40 to 45 gallon of 28 with your toolbar. So that's done we're all done with corn now i just brought i had well i took the as when you guys one time i think i talked to you i took the row cleaners off because i i have a lot of corn planted in the annual rye and rye and i was grabbing the row cleaners were grabbing i couldn't get them up high enough and they were grabbing that rye around that corn and yanking my corn so i took the row cleaners off this spring yep which made it lighter too the, th the three point now i've got it back in front of the shop here i'm putting the row cleaners back on and we're going to experiment with some wheat stubble strip till on that just to get it set up and also i do uh, some of my wheat gets frost seeded with red clover uh, yep. 10 to 12 pounds uh, we'll bale that for the cattle uh, but i got some thin spots and i thought well i got a couple bag of red clover left over i'm gonna calibrate it's pretty easy to calibrate this i was kind of impressed how yes. easy it is to get calibrated yeah. for the seed uh, there is some tricks i i got a shop back sitting there it sucks up the seed while i'm running that because because ah. the way the with Brackets. all of our 28 lines and everything it was kind of hard to yeah. get a pan underneath there and i thought so i started looking at it heck i can just have a little light i just had a, like a sheet of metal and then the shop back there sucking the seed up and then i just dumped the seed and that's how i weighed out but so yeah we're going to try to get it calibrated here for some red clover and i was telling cody here earlier that uh this spring or this next spring instead of using my gator with the little ATV spreader spreading 25 feet I'm gonna if it's fit to bring this the tractor and everything in the wheat field I might just use this to put my red clover on that's 40 feet and it's even I don't have to worry about wind either so right so yeah I just figured out another practice for this toolbar yeah so hmm interesting yep. and uh, when do you typically put that uh, that red clover yes in the uh, early April yeah into May or into March April I seems like every year we wait a little longer the way our seasons are but yeah it's about right after top dressing okay put because a lot of guys do put their red clover in with their urea around mm -hmm. here right so but i use 28 so yeah yeah and then uh you know how tall is that stuff usually whenever you cut the wheat oh it's four to five inches tall yeah depends on what, like this year we had some moisture it was up there it thin spots you know but uh 
No, never had. I mean, it's a pretty popular thing around this neighborhood. Yeah, here, I've so. heard of a lot of guys yep. doing that. Yep. Now, and then I'll strip till that. And like, if I don't keep it for seed, usually we'll, we'll harvest a field for seed. You know, for the following year, we got my neighbors or my cousins down the road here clean the seed. The red clover seed are very good at it. So either that, we'll keep it for seed, or we like say we bale it for hay. But then that year that it goes, the following year I'll go to corn. I'll usually strip till the red clover. Just because it's today, dog no, shouldn't say I got a field right next door here. We did plant green right into it, but so, but I just it seems like it's better strip tilling. Yeah, so, but, yeah, I can see that could be a little yeah, hairy planting yeah, into that. Yeah, it can a lot of crack. You know, red clover does dry the soil out. It penetrate them. The roots get down there. It does a good tillage thing there, but yeah. So, um, when you do the red clover, are you able to harvest the or uh, bale the straw? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't like to put it in windrows because that your that chaff and that will kind of like if it gets wet, it'll kill that red clover off, or even the volunteer wheat will. Because I don't care how you set a machine up, you still got volunteer wheat. So mm-hmm. we've done it where we spread it like 15, 18 feet out, and then we'll rake the straw back in, and then you know because we'd like to see our straw get rained on a yes. couple times, one time at least to get the shininess off. Yes. For, it's not for horses here. It's for cattle and sucking up moisture. So right. So it seems like once it gets rained on, it's a little better. So yeah, we'll throw it out and then let it get rained on and rake it up. And so, but this year I think we did put it in the wind road because the baler was coming. So, but just yes or last week I sprayed uh, clover fields with uh, grass herbicide just to kill the volunteer weed off. Mm-hmm. So, sure. Yeah. Sure. So then, when will you cut and bale the uh, clover? Uh, you could take a stubble cutting this fall. Some guys do that. Usually I just, I like to get, just let it go. And then next June, take a cutting off. You usually take a cutting, bale it, and then you'll let that grow out. And that's when you take the seed off in September, October. Yep. Yep. So, and then we'll put it to corn the following year. So. Cool. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So you got, what does the, uh, uh, or let me back up this spring summer when you interseeded with the s2s bar what did you seed we used uh, uh about i think i was like a 16 17 pound mixture annual rye I, a lot of guys are scared of annual rye i've had great luck with it i mean they're worried about killing it right it's, yeah i hear that a lot yeah it's not hard to kill you just gotta you gotta have the temperature in your favor and you can't try to put the whole kitchen sink in the sprayer. You can't have your atrazine, your grass. I just go out, so I should back out. Okay, we'll go tell you what I'm putting out. I'm putting rape, two pounds of rape, two pounds of, I tried sun hemp this year. I like sun hemp, it's got some a pretty flower. Uh, some's got some crimson clover. I got some radish, a couple pounds of radish. And then the annual rye, a, a 12 to 10 pound ratio in there somewhere. I did try it a couple, some just some wheat, because I'm looking for another couple things. I threw some oats in another field, just blended in. So I got some different fields, different, just trying different things. See what I can get that will live through the uh, winter here. But then next spring, see these, this is all corn, corn stalks, this will all go to beans. So next, the, my number one plan, or plan A is I come in, I spray, because we're Roundup, we use Plenish beans here, Enlist beans, whatever program, but the plenish 
fields it's just roundup tolerant so you gotta you gotta I got water hemp here pretty bad but I'll go out and I spray uh, right before planting that was probably, oh, probably in April there end of April I sprayed uh, a pint of 2,4-D in my Sonic okay put that down then we waited till planting didn't do nothing we planted which I'm glad I did I waited as long as possible because it was you know into May June we we're planting these bean fields so then we come back in and I put uh, then I spray my boundary and my roundup but I have to wait you like I said it's got to be warm out it's got to be 8, 70 80 degrees and you can't have it's got to be over 50 degrees every night for a couple nights and then the annual rye was in seed it was i couldn't it, but it killed it you know i put a high a heavy rodeo roundup on it it kills it so hmm. now i do i think the cornfield out here i had tried some annual rye in front of corn and that was in seed and actually there's a, a pretty good stand of annual rye out there besides what i spread on so really we'll see what but we got plenty of moisture out there yeah. so i'm not too scared but right so um and I, I hear a lot of guys say that maybe you need to let that annual rye grow so that there's a lot more. Yep, it's got to be, what's it saying, got to mow your lawn twice, three times before you want to kill it? Yes, that's true. Yeah, so, yeah. because if it's too short, yeah. the majority of the plant's below the ground, Yep. right? Yep, there's a lot of roots with annual rye. Yeah, yep. so you, you know, obviously your spray's not getting down there to the roots. Yep. You've got to get it to where your herbicide is going to mm -hmm. have enough plant to work with to shut that plant right. down. Yep. Cool. So you did. Uh, you seeded that, and uh, and then you're you're going to plant beans into that. Correct. Next spring. Yep. And you know because you did it in rows, you're going to plant your. Do you do 30 inch beans or 15s? 15s. But the way your spreader, it it incorporated this year. We had enough moisture. It's got the whole 30 inches. You I was know, wondering yeah, about you that. You got a you got a 12 inch. You know where it works it. Yes. But I can find seed all the way across okay yeah yep it, it we had enough moisture to get everything incorporated but so i was yeah. wondering with the amount of rain that you yeah. had yeah how that would look so yep. it's pretty well a blanket out yep. there so you're going to go in there and uh plant all your soybeans into that yep. 15 inch rows right yep. okay yep what population you usually do in your soybeans we're a variable rate We'll run anywhere from 120,000 to 225,000. Okay. We go by past yield maps and look at where, because you got compaction areas, driveways, that's getting a higher rate because you can just, where you don't get the seat, you know, the, the uh, bushels there. Yep. So, and we're experimenting with that. So, I, I see. Like right across the road, remember 140,000. Uh, good stand and tickled with them. So, I mean, a lot of guys in this area are not that low. There's a lot of 180 to 200 thousand plus out here. So right, but so yeah, one 170 plus is pretty common. Yeah. Yep, yep. But uh, I do think there's some some opportunity there for lower population yeah. beans. Yep. I did variable rate on corn for a couple of years, and I just never seen a, a come never paid. I mean, I just didn't see it. So now I'm a. I just plant 36 thousand across sure. the board. So. But yeah, beans, we're, I believe in the variable rate. So okay, it's working out. Yeah. Yeah. And I could see, especially in, in some clay and some tougher yep. soils where yeah. I think the yep. tougher it gets, the, the better that pays. Right. And that's, I was running an air seeder, John Deere air seed. I still got that. That was another thing that happened. We went with this year, we went with a John Deere uh, bean planter, 15 inch bean planter. 
uh, it's got variable rate on it. That rig has the seed plates for cereal rye. So if we don't use this toolbar, it's gonna be, that'll be running cereal rye. My air seeder will be on wheat. That was always a problem between, because you hated to be mixing or sweeping things out. So we'd always run our wheat fields first, you know, plant wheat, and then we'd, you know, go right into cereal rye. Well, we had fields that were sitting there for two weeks, didn't have no cereal rye, and now we can have two rigs running, mm -hmm. or actually, like say three, right. if I get this toolbar where I want it. I am going to do some plant green corn into cereal rye again. I like it. Just, I got to know which fields I can do it, you know, that, that right. work on. So the kind of better pick, soils. Yep. Pick and choose. Yes. Yep. Um, this fall with soybeans and stuff, everything being planted a little bit later, right. what do you think about going to wheat? You know, what's your date for planting wheat that you, that you pull the plug and yeah. stuff? Yeah. Last year we was right up into November and it didn't pay, you know. Actually, some of that was our worst wheat. And but we're I have Liebrich's neighbors the they're crowning these fields right because it's it's new ground we just took it on I uh, got them out there we took the weed off did not do very good which we knew it wasn't because it's got a lot of dead spot or a lot of furries water holes so we did some tillage they put the manure on they come they're coming in they're crowning them putting them on grade you know so I'm looking at that 70 acres that they're doing right now I'm thinking well maybe that might go back to wheat because. Okay. The fields in the right in that neighborhood, them beans didn't get planted till June 21st. So right. I know they're not going to be off in time. So right. if we want to have some wheat, it's going to be them couple fields that got land planed and put them to wheat. So yeah, that's ideally, my intention. Ideally, you'd probably like to have that wheat out there by October 15th. On that, on so. that ground, it should be sept <laughs> It's going to be fly-free day, September 25th, because it's it's tough, heavy mud. It's it's pulling clay, and it it the better you can get it started and better off you are so yeah yep. so yeah what all kind of treatments you, are you doing on your wheat oh we do it's a fungicide and there's i don't know what the they use something that helps it come up fast too and i'm pretty impressed with it but yeah it's treated my beans are all treated for fungicide uh we're getting away from, actually there we're getting away from the insecticide on the soybean treat because of slug issues around here so this is the first year we got away from uh the insecticide on the seed tree but okay. we still have need it for phytophthora we yep. don't we don't plant naked seed corn it's just i still run insecticide on the corn yet but i know pioneer we get our seed from pioneer i know they sell it without insecticide you can get it but so far i haven't got to i'm guess i'm <laughs> still experimenting there yet so mm -hmm. sure sure and on your wheat are you what are you putting out in the fall ahead of planting that wheat any anything at all no just top dress in the spring well we do use a starter correct you're allowed to put a starter out there so yeah we'll put a little bit of phosphate a lot of ammonium sulfate sulfur yeah our, all of our soil samples call for sulfur around here so we use a lot of sulfur yeah all my beans get a couple treatments of foliar feed with sulfur my corn gets a couple foliar feeds of sulfur too and nitrogen so yeah yeah, yeah a yep. lot of times they'll say use yep. that together. and i do foliar feed to wheat too in the spring with some 2080 and sulfur so Okay. It's proven to pay. So yeah, yep. Um, on the livestock and manure, how does that play into your operation in the fall? You know, you you got the harvest done. You know, you're working on planting your wheat, maybe doing some strip tilling. Yep. When are you getting all that manure hold? I used to have a rig. I sold it to Glenn Arnold. He's using it for an extension aid. You see it out and about. 
Uh, it's got the Dietrich plow and I loved it. It was a great rig. I used that for strip till. Okay. I put my manure in strips. It's only a five row, but the RTK, it didn't matter. But he ended up buying that because he needed it for test plots and that. So that's what he did. Now I hire, I got a guy from Lipsick over here, uh, Otto, Jamie Otto. Uh, he's got a 7,000 gallon triaxle noon. He's got the semis. Uh, I have semis. I just don't have enough manpower. Right. You know, like say, we concentrate on harvest. And that's it. When I call him and the bean fields are ready, you know, he's got, he come in after a week, got all my pits empty, worked out great. Uh, then we'll, we'll pump, try to get pumped again here this fall. As soon as I get the first or second wheat bean field off that isn't going to wheat, yep. he'll come in uh, and put that on. He's got two different applicators. He's got a chisel and he's got a grassland toolbar. Okay. I am trying to find a, uh, a strip tool toolbar for him that I would buy and then put on his rig because he could use my RTK then and he could put that be a way to strip till and use a, you know the manure that way so we're, we're looking at that option yet so I but, see but yeah it's I can't get everything you know everything done so and I never told you we're in a drainage industry we put a lot of tile into on the side so uh, we're busy putting tile in the ground too so I just made up the mind. I just hire the manure done and let him take care of it. So he's got all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah, anything to make a buck. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, so you know, this toolbar allows you to kind of fix the puzzle that that you had. It solved the problem yep. of you know before it was well maybe this year I'll get my cover crops on maybe I won't. Right. Now it's like I will. Yep. And yep. and it's allowed you to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got plenty of videos and stuff of similar tools and we'll shoot some today while we're here and, and later on Cody and I may find some fields with some stuff growing in them. Mm -hmm. um, but for those of you that, that don't know, it's got our S2S unit on it. It's the parallel linkage uh, unit with the colders that are designed to incorporate uh, the seed and then it's got a Valmar cover crop seeder on it. Um, the, the toolbar, what's that thing transport at? I don't even remember. Is it 15, 16? It's 16.5. 16.5. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's not ultra narrow. It's not a John Deere 1790 no. or 1770 NT, but it's also not 22 feet no. wide. It's, it's comfortable. Yeah. 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 You've got the lights out on the side. It's I've been up and down the road with it many a times, and it, it worked great. Good. I could come all the way back from. I drove it home from you yeah, guys. Yeah, that's, that's right. So that's a, took me a three-hour trip. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say just in a truck, it's an yeah. hour and ten. Yep. Yeah, so. we. Uh, yeah, we built the bar, and then we were kind of like, "Well, how are we going to get it home?" <laughs> and uh, you know, we had the forklifts and stuff to to lift yeah. it, but uh, that's some big forklifts. Yeah. Um, so he's like, "Well, I'll just drive the tractor down." And so I don't know what time you left that morning, but. It was six o'clock that morning, and I yeah. think I was down there by what nine. Th or I know it was. It was a good guys, time. You guys are in. Oh, you were open already, I think. So maybe I left a little sooner. But anyways, I brought that because I pulled the the twenty eight tank home too. Right. I'm glad I went down there with the tractor and everything because because it took a little bit to get everything hooked up right, right. and everything. So got the monitors in. Um, yeah. We have a scales on here. I don't. I just got the scale head laying in there. I mean, it was nice to have the scales. Yes. It, it, you know, help me out. No one, but once you got it calibrated, like say it, it was pretty accurate. So, yeah. but no, scale. I think the scales is worth it. So. Yeah, 
the the rate controller that's built into yeah. there has got an awesome calibration wizard yep. basically like you mentioned earlier you tell it a weight to spit out and it will attempt to do so yep. and it'll likely be wrong the first time correct. and you just correct it and it corrects itself yeah. and you, you kind of keep doing that and usually by about the third time you'll be right on yeah. it's yeah. it's pretty dang accurate yep the only thing we had is them whisker switches. That's I gotta figure them out a little bit. But I use a John Deere 2630, so when you put it down, it was painting me a picture and everything. So that was one whisker switch I could eliminate. It was the other one on the 28 is the one I, but I use using the manual switch. You no. know, just yep. something you had to. We'll figure that out. Next. Yeah, the yeah. whisker switch on the uh, yeah. Raven controller. Yep. 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 It it might be wired differently than yeah. the. We were. Because we were trying to mount them on a three-point, and that just don't work. It just, yeah. And then I had taller corn. She was knocking it off, you know, so. Turn it off yeah. on you. Yep. So. so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, those units aren't have got hydraulic down pressure yeah. on them, which I don't, I doubt you really needed a whole lot of pressure Not this lot, spring. But we did. I put them on, you know. Well, it got dry there for a while, and I was, because there was areas, I wasn't getting the tillage that I thought i was you know getting it worked in so i did had to t get them a little bit more then i think i took the the packer wheel off i left them because they Lift were holding up. me up so mm -hmm. i left them just bouncing a little bit but no, yep. it yep like say but we got the reins and everything and got a tremendous stand out there so that's awesome yep that's awesome um so you know it tackled your your cover crop issue and you've got them outgrowing there now and so it'll be really interesting to see what it looks like this spring yeah. and this fall this fall yeah. whenever uh whenever harvest comes right. and then when you're putting soybeans back into it um this spring but uh on, on the harvest side you you harvest with a deer eight row i'm guessing eight row, yep yep john deere eight row 9770 i got the older combine yet run a grain cart uh, we try to do as much controlled traffic, no trucks come in the field, okay. everything stays on the road, I mean, or in the lanes, whatever we got. So, uh, okay. yeah, I'm trying not, like I say, we're trying to be 100% no-till here, so we don't, you know, I don't want to mess these fields up. So right. Yeah, you've worked and, really hard to get yep, them in shape. And that's the reason why we didn't start shelling corn early last year, it was November 4th. But then, in turn, I didn't mention, we, we work with another farmer from Glandorf here, family, uh, harvest together they have their own combine but we share a grain dryer here right here at this setup okay um, they have actually a grain bin sitting here on my farm too that we blow corn into so we share trucks we got six semis that run so and their fields were a little more fit than mine was last in you know and then that since i had the cover crop on already i thought heck i might as well just let them dry a little bit more or they had to get theirs off yet and still put their cereal rye because they're big into cereal rye too so so we work together and like say we're in a drainage business together so it okay. works out so sure yeah hmm. so. yeah up here being in the drainage business i'm sure it keeps you busy <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep uh, there's a lot of waiting list up here I, mean, I didn't think we'd ever see a waiting list but i think we got a waiting list too now so it's, really yeah yeah so yeah, yeah some of these guys are two years out and holy you know, cow so it's either that or you buy your own tile plow wow you know, there's a lot of them around here yeah. so yeah yep wow so. all righty well um it's a lot of interesting and good stuff that we're yep. talking about i i think uh you know and the beauty of this bar and the thing i want everyone to be clear we we didn't really come up with with anything <laughs> jeff came to us with a plan 
we sat down, we tweaked it a little bit, and and we built what he wanted. Yep. Um, you know, I talk, I say it all the time. You know, um, everything we talk about or what we do or what we've learned, it comes from farmers. Right. And uh, they're the boots on the ground. They run into issues, and we try to help solve them. So yeah. Jeff came to us with a problem. He had it all laid out. We we had the unit, and uh, and we just made what he asked yeah. for, and I think it turned out pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You guys. I mean, the offsetting the hitch, making so I can offset the hitch 15 inches just in case I need to do that. We put a hit, double hitch out the back in case I want to pull a fertilizer cart. Sure. In the fall. Yep. So. That was another option that you know I wanted to be able to do. Uh, like I said, I wanted that strip freshener. You know, I had all these ideas in my head. I'm just not the engineer. So sitting down with you guys that morning and we got it started. Yep. And I visit what I was down there two or three times just to see how things. And the heck, the welder, the guy welding was mm -hmm. welding, and we changed the idea right there with the wings. Yep. We thought I thought I was going to be smart and just pin them, the wings back, and I thought. I'm not. I'm getting too old. I'm 55 years old. I don't want to be climbing out of the cab all the time. And these yeah. little. And then it, I'm glad we did. That just sweet the way them fold out. So yeah, it's compact. Uh, I fill it with a under first seed runner. I mean, I'm going to add one to this the uh, ladder. I think just because it's a little taller. You know, I set it down on the ground, but it just. But it had. I had no trouble filling it. So good. Uh, it is a little bit with putting 28 on in. And cereal rye, and if you're buyer or the uh, cover crop seed, and you're by yourself, there's a couple things you gotta be doing. But most of my places I was filling up, I had enough of a lot there where I could have my cover crop sitting there and my 28, the truck. So yep. it worked out. So, but cool. Yeah. yeah, it's a really neat operation. We're gonna shoot plenty of videos of it, and again, go out and uh, and in the field and take pictures of what it did. So. Okay. Um, I really appreciate your time today. No problem. As we just talked about, you have enough going on. <laughs> um, so I appreciate you taking some time out of your day today to sit down with us okay. because, uh, you know, Cody and I were talking. We're like, man, you know, we, we need to go talk to him about how it worked and, and everything. Well, and you tried three times, I think, to get up here when I was side dressing. It just didn't. Yeah. Things weren't fit, and I'd find a field fit, and I'd run. You know, it was just that way this spring. It oh, was yeah. just oh, it yeah. was hairy. It just Yep. So I know how it goes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, well, I appreciate the time, and we had a blast recording this podcast. We yeah. always, there's always so much to learn, yep. and I think uh, for you, I I really like what you're doing. I think keep pushing, and uh, yeah, everything everything's good. Um, got enough going on. So, <laughs> thank well, you. thanks everyone for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you on the next one.